Grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you, Ron, for for leading us in that singing, and hopefully you have your Bible with you. If you do, you can be opening it to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, we want to look at the, the first five verses there. We are in a series of lessons that we're looking at the life of Jesus as we journey towards the cross and the resurrection, and so that's on our minds uh, in the upcoming weeks and and continue to kind of focus on that. We have lots of great things happening here. Uh, Tonight, airy-wide singing. Uh, Next Sunday, bake and pray. I want to tell you about something that's going to go on in April, April 13th through the 20th. Um, You know, we are blessed to live in a small town. Amen? Okay. And because of that... Uh, there are certain blessings that we enjoy, certain things that we can do that uh, you can't do in a larger city. But we're going to participate in an area-wide, a community-wide uh, technology fast. And so April 13th through 20th from 5 in the evening to 9 in the evening, we're asking everyone to fast from their smartphones, tablets, computers, and to use that time to focus on community. Maybe use that time to focus on eating a meal together with your family or inviting a neighbor over or Um, We're going to have some devotionals. You can focus on uh, family worship, but that's going to be something you're going to be hearing about in the coming weeks and just want to kind of make you aware of that. So let's let's look at Luke chapter 13. And again, our our reading is not long here, but I think this is an important passage, and I want you to kind of focus on it and pay attention. It says, beginning in verse 1, there were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You know, if there was ever a text to speak to our day and age, this might be it. And you might be wondering why, and hopefully I'm going to explain that to you and tell you why I believe it's so important. We live in an age of opinions. We live in an age of competing voices. And people cannot wait to to give their take on whatever event or whatever tragedy is happening at that very moment. And there's no time for reflection. As soon as something happens, people log on and they tweet or post their thoughts They want to be heard. They want to call out the other side. They want to judge and condemn. Although we now have different ways of communicating, many of the problems that that we're facing are not new. You know, a couple weeks ago I shared with you this quote from G.K. Chesterton. I want to talk more about it today. Um, I, I think it's a really important quote. But He says, what embitters the world is not excessive criticism, but the absence of self-criticism. And I think that this sums up one of the greatest problems of our age, but Chesterton did not write about our age. He wrote about his. He, he, he wrote this in 1932. 
2,000 years ago, some people came to Jesus and they asked him about a controversy that would have captured the attention of many. And so what had gone on is that Pilate had killed some Galileans. But that's not all. After killing them, he then had their blood mixed with the sacrifices that they were offering. This means that they were likely killed inside the temple. Now, for us to fully grasp this situation, we have to step back in time. We have to imagine what it would have been like living in the time of Jesus and and, and hearing this story. And so, a little bit of information. Galilee is a region in northern Israel. Uh, The town of Nazareth is located in Galilee. This is the region where Jesus grew up. It's It's the region where he spent a lot of time ministering to people. He preached his first sermon in that region. He walked on water at the Sea of Galilee. And so the Galileans were his people. Now, to kill someone is wrong, but to kill someone within the walls of the temple. And then to mix their blood with what they were sacrificing. That would have been sacrilege. It would have been an abomination. And the person who's responsible for all this was Pilate, a foreigner. And not just any foreigner, he's the representative of Rome, the government that had taken their land, the government that is now oppressing the people, that has placed a heavy burden on them and continues to tax them. Now, if you heard that some of your own people had been killed by a foreign ruler. And after they were killed, they, they took their blood and they desecrated the church building. How would you feel? Well, you'd probably be outraged. You would be appalled. You'd want to get on social media and share your anger with the rest of the world. This question that Jesus was asked, it's it's a loaded question. This wasn't just any tragedy. This was something that was in all the papers. It was in all the, the gossip tabloids. Everyone had an opinion about this tragedy. And what happened was so tragic that the people who approached Jesus, they're, they're just trying to make sense of all of it. They're just trying to kind of get it straight in their minds, and they surmise that, you know what, these Galileans, they must have been worse sinners than others to deserve this. Now, the people who say this, they don't know this. They've never witnessed these Galileans sinning. They're surmising, just as the friends of Job did long ago. And this happens all the time. It happens every day. For instance, on Friday it was announced that the Mueller report was finished and it had been turned over to the Attorney General. And no one had seen the report, not anybody. No one knew what was inside it. But you get on social media, you turn on talk radio, you watch the 24-hour news networks, and you witness all kinds of people surmising about what is in this report. It doesn't matter if you're watching something on the left or something on the right. 
People were giving their opinions about something that they knew nothing about, and we're all entertained by this. This tragedy in Jesus' day, it was political. It was a point of contention. It was a hot topic. And you probably couldn't go anywhere without hearing someone talking about this. And everyone had their opinions, and, and now they want to know what Jesus has to say. Jesus, what do you think about this? You know, just imagine if Jesus were to come to earth today and, and walk our streets, and, and people would come up to him and they would ask him all kinds of things. They would ask him, what, what do you think about the Christchurch shooting? What do you think about the president? What, what do you think about whatever is in the headlines? And the answer that Jesus would give would probably not be what we're looking for. In other words, he would probably give us something that would not appease the right or the left. Instead, it would be something that challenged all of us. And when we consider the tragedy that Jesus was asked about, you know, it's pretty easy to figure out the right and the wrong of it. Pilate did an atrocious thing. He not only murdered these Galileans, but he defiled the temple. He defiled their sacrifices. Many people would have been outraged, and rightly so. But Jesus doesn't come and offer his opinion. He doesn't say, you know, Pilate's no good, Pilate should resign, blah, 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 blah. Instead, this is what he says. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And so Jesus addresses the people who are asking the question. He tells them to repent. Now this is somewhat shocking because they had nothing to do with the killing of the Galileans. They did not take part in it. They weren't involved in it in any way. They did not approve of it. And yet Jesus addresses them. He says, you need to repent. Why is this? Well, we may ask another question. How does the world become a better place? How does the world become a better place? You know, a lot of people have opinions about this. But the world does not become better because people have opinions. When we stand before God on the day of judgment, he's not going to ask us about our opinions. He's not going to inquire about what events that we were outraged about. That's not what's going to get us into heaven. There are lots of people who spend lots of time giving their opinions about what's happening in the world. There are people on radio and, and TV who make a lot of money doing just that. And now with social media, everyone is given this platform where they can offer his or her opinion. You know, And that's okay, but it doesn't make us better. It doesn't make the world better. And Jesus understood that all of us, every single person struggles with sin. We, we've all done things that are wrong. None of us are perfect. We, we all have room for improvement. And the world becomes a better place 
when we repent and when we become better people. It's improved when we look more and more like Jesus. Now, we can fool ourselves into thinking that we're doing good by offering an opinion. We might feel justified if Jesus condemned the same people that we're condemning. Maybe that's what those people were looking for on that day. Instead, we need to hear the words of Jesus. Repent. We can sin by doing wrong, but we can also sin by not doing right. And so rather than spending our time discussing the latest tragedy or the latest news, we could be spending that time doing something worthwhile, something good. We could be helping others. We could be spending time in God's Word. We could be doing a lot of other things that either help us become a better person or help our neighbor. You know, we could come together this morning and spend time offering our opinions on whatever is in the headlines. And what would that accomplish? Well, it would divide us. We would break out in arguments over this or that. Instead, we're to hear the words of Jesus. Repent. We all have differing opinions, but we all need to repent. We all need to focus our attention on Jesus. We all need to become more like Christ. We all need to spend less time thinking about the headlines and more time thinking about God and thinking about His ways. And it's not that having opinions are wrong. God expects us to think rightly. He expects us to think justly. Jesus was not neutral on what happened to those Galileans. Someone was right and someone was wrong. But what Jesus understands is that our opinions are not going to make this world a better place. And if we want to help the world, if we want to help ourselves, then we need to repent. We need to start with ourselves and not with our neighbor or not with the politician on TV. Opinions get us nowhere. Repentance gets us closer to God. And when we consider the question, how does the world become a better place, I think Chesterton gave us the answer. What embitters the world is not excess of criticism, but the absence of self-criticism. Of course, he was merely telling us what Jesus told us long ago. He's saying the same thing that Jesus says in Luke 13. We need to look at our own lives. We need to look at ways that we can improve. We need to be honest about how we can become more like Jesus. The church should not go around expecting the world to act right when the world does not know Jesus. Instead, we, the church, are to be a light to the world. And we do this not by giving our opinion, but by becoming like Christ and living like Christ and doing the things that Christ did. The world is full of opinions, but we are to be different. We are to focus our our energy on making a difference. We are to focus our time on God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we find opinions everywhere we look, but a word that you will rarely find in modern conversations is the word repent. 
Why? Well, because it's unpopular. And people don't want to spend their time thinking about their own shortcomings. And it's much, much easier to focus on the shortcomings of others. Because this requires no sacrifice. It requires no change on our part. We can offer a thought and then go about our daily business without dealing with the parts of our life that we need to deal with. And so, as Jesus says, if we refuse to repent, we will perish. If we refuse to repent, our fate will be the same as Pilate's. And it won't matter what our opinion of him is. Our opinions will not change the bad behavior of someone else. But we can change our own behavior. We can repent. We can become like Jesus. We can be a light to the people around us. We can make the world a better place. You know, a message of repentance will not make you popular. It will not gain you a following. Opinions can do that, but repentance won't. Uh, You know, people became angry when Jesus told them to repent. They didn't like it. But this is the message that we need to hear. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't, Don't look at what politicians or celebrities are doing. Look to yourself. Repent. Turn to Jesus and become more like him. Show the world a different way, a better way. Turn off the TV, log off of Facebook, and follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and uh, we thank you for your word, which is not always easy to hear. It's a word that challenges us, a word that pricks our hearts, a word that even sometimes steps on our toes. But Father, we know this is what you want us to have and what we need to have. And so we pray that we'll focus more on you and more on your word. And we pray that we'll look at our own lives and see the areas that we need to improve, the, the, the places in our life where we need to become more like Jesus, and we'll, we'll work on that. As we do, we pray that others will see this, and that it may cause others to draw closer to you. We're so thankful for your son and his example his words, and his sacrifice. I pray this in his name. Amen.